Thank you for joining our broadcast at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to continue to bring God's word to other people. You can go to citylifechurch.cc to find the giving option that works best for you. Now, today's message is all about baggage. We all travel, we all pack our bags to carry things with us as we go. We all live life and we will all pick up baggage along the way. In today's message, we will talk all about the baggage that are way too heavy for us to be carrying on our own. Enjoy. He assembles this group and he found them in all types of places. He found them in the marketplace. He found them by the seashore fishing. Some were rough because they worked outdoors and they worked out on the water. Others were educated, some from religious set. And he took this group of men and for several years journeyed with them. And he taught them and he was removing fleshly things and things of self and he was getting ready to pour his spirit into them. And the Bible says in John chapter 20, he finds him locked in a room. And the Bible said he was locked in this room because of fear. They were locked in this room because they were fearful of what was happening in the kingdom. The Bible said Peter had denied Jesus. Thomas was doubting. John, that one that was so close to Jesus, was shaken. And the Bible said Jesus walked through the wall and he spoke to their fear. And then he breathed on them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. He told them to leave the room of fear and relocate to a room of faith. He says, move to a room of faith, an upper room, and wait on the promise. Move from this room of fear and relocate to a room of faith and wait with expectation as I pour out my spirit. And the Bible said in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all in one cord and one place. The Bible said they had the right spirit and they were in the right place. So you can be at the right place and have the wrong spirit. You can be at the right place and have a bad attitude. You can be in the right calling, but you have allowed things in the baggage of your life that contaminate your spirit and keep you from fulfilling God's purpose in you. The Bible said they were in the right place. They had the right spirit. And the Bible says that something began to happen. And suddenly there came a sound from him as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Or your Bible may say, as the Spirit gave them the ability we find that Jesus took this group of men that had all types of issues and one by one he worked with them and he removed issues out of their life and he positioned them to walk in the fullness of their calling. And the Bible said they are now waiting in this upper room. And the Bible said there came a sound from heaven and God began to rip back the heavens and release his spirit. And the Bible said that the house was filled. I love when God's house is filled of his presence. I love when our worship brings a corporate presence of God. I've been in services where you felt like it was almost tangible, like you could just reach out and grab it. But you have to understand that's not enough for you and I. We can't just live on a corporate sense of God's presence. We need a personal experience. The Bible said the house was filled then 
Tongues as a fire sat upon each of them. Why do I need a personal experience? Because I'm going to leave this house today and go to my house. And I need the presence of God not just in this house, but I need it in my house. I'm going to go to the workplace or the marketplace or the school system. I'm going to be in a circle of influence. And I need God's presence with me. I need it on Monday, not just Sunday. I need it on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. I need it on Saturday. And then when I come here, I pray that God's presence just fills this room corporately for those that are not yet filled. But I want a refilling of God's presence. Why? I need him with me. And the Bible said he descended on each of them and they were thrust out of this room into the street and their assignments and their mission is still affecting us today. Peter founded a New Testament church on the day of uh, the outpouring of God's spirit. We still read the book of Revelation where John saw in the spirit on the Lord's day and gave us his great revelation because of their assignment because of what God did in their life we're all being affected today and we celebrate the outpouring of the day of Pentecost 50 days from Easter when Jesus rose from the grave and the Bible says that God began to work and God began to work through them And the writer in Galatians he begins to write to us and he tells us in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, I have before that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucify them. I love this part. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. In every part of our life, Jesus poured out his spirit. And these men that were weak and anemic, they were empowered. Peter broke out and just days before could not say the right thing. Every time he opened his mouth, the wrong thing came out. But now he is empowered by the spirit of God. And he delivers a New Testament power-packed message to a group of believers. And thousands begin to believe. And the church was thrust forth. And over and over, one by one, God began to build faith. Why? Because he began to empty them of self and begin to replace it with the gifts and the fruit of his spirit and he empowered this group of believers that's why David said this even in the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil 
Why? Because you've anointed my head with oil and my cup runs over. What he was saying is this. You've given me the ability to think the right way and what's in me will eventually come out of me. If there's negativity in me, it will eventually come out of me. If if there's greed in me, it will eventually come out of me. If I have a, a spirit of lust, it will eventually come out of me. What's in me will eventually come out. When the pressure is applied to my life, what is in me will eventually come out. But David said, I've been in a place of worship and I'm in a valley right now, but this is not my final stopping place. And eventually I'm going to exit. But in the middle of this valley, I want you to know that goodness and mercy are with me. And he has anointed me to be able to think good thoughts and right thoughts. And my cup is overflowing. And it's not long that which is in you begins to affect that which is around you. And David said, even in this valley, he can give me a table in the presence of my enemies. What God wants to do in you and I is is just take the things that are not of him that we have carried in our baggage the things that we have lugged around the things that we have drug around for some of us it's something that happened last week for some it's things that we have dealt with in our family for generation for some it was a hurt that happened years ago and it has caused you to live into a prison and you have been a, a prisoner in this place for so long and you have carried it in your baggage but what the Holy Spirit does he comes in and he opens up our baggage and he begins to dive in and he begins to do a work that no one else can do and all of a sudden he begins to work in us and move and he finds all these things and said uh oh there's a little bit of bitterness in there and I need to remove that from your baggage and then he said uh oh there's a depression that's overwhelming you I need to remove that from your baggage and he said there's some unbelief and your belief system is weak so I need to remove that from your baggage and then he said uh oh there's self comparison in your baggage and everyone you look at you try to compare yourself to friend that's dangerous in a social media world because I'm telling you Facebook pictures and Instagram pictures they're not really real most of them are living through filters and people are looking through 900 photos to find one that will work and if you live in a spirit of self comparison it will destroy your life but I want you know he begins to look a little deeper and said oh religious spirit those are those churchy people that can't do no right or no one else can do it. He says, you can't live in God's plan with the religious spirit. And then he said, oh, fear has you grip. That's got to be destroyed. It's got to go. And then he said, doubt is creeping into your heart and your mind. I've got to get that out of there. And then he said, oh, there's pride. That's a big one because pride always sets you up for a fall. So we've got to get rid of pride. And then he said, I want you to realize you're worrying about too much. I've got to get rid of worry in your life. And then we find that we have a spirit that is anxious and we find anxiety is trying to grip our heart and we're not setting our affections on Christ the author and the finisher of our faith so he releases us of anxiety and then he releases us of strongholds that have crept into our spirit that root deep down in our life and then he comes in and says there's a little bit and a lack of forgiveness and there's unforgiveness in your life and I need to free it because you're living in the prison and unforgiveness is keeping you captive every day of your journey and then jealousy begins to set in and because you live in this world of self-comparison you're jealous of what others have that's why I love city life this is not a group of haters we celebrate the blessings of others we celebrate God's goodness in others we celebrate what God is doing in somebody else's life so he said jealousy can't stay and then we find at last he comes in in those things that are wrapped deep in us and a part of us the 
addiction, the things that no one else even knows about, or the things that we crave when no one else is even there that are anchored and rooted deep in our spirit. He pries it away from us. So when we're done, our bag is now empty so he can really work in our life. But what you have to understand, he never leaves you empty. He doesn't leave you in an empty state. He said, oh no, I'm going to replace it with an anointing that breaks every yoke. I'm going to replace it. I'm going to replace it with patience in your life. I'm going to give you patience to wait on me. I'm going to give you grace that is always sufficient for everything you walk through. I'm going to give you joy because the joy of the Lord, it is your strength. I'm going to give you love. Anybody saw the royal wedding? They preached about the love of God yesterday. Love that breaks through barriers. Love that has no bounds. I'm going to give you love. I'm going to allow you to understand the power of faithfulness because when you're faithful over the small thing, I will make you ruler over the much. I'm going to give you faithfulness. I'm going to give you self-control so you can control the selfly desires of your life. I'm going to give you gentleness because you need that walk in a spirit of meekness. I'm going to give you goodness. Why? Because you serve a good, good father and you need to live like him. I'm going to give you goodness for your back. I'm going to give you kindness. We need a revival of kindness in the house of God. We need to be kind to our spouse and kind to our kids and kind to our neighbors and kind to the barista at Starbucks. Just be kind. Yeah, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to give you peace that goes beyond understanding. Peace that allows you to stand in the midst of life's storm. When all hell is breaking loose in your life, you're going to be able to stand and say, but I know God is at work. I know my Redeemer lives. But he said, I'm not even going to stop there. I'm going to give you a favor in your baggage so that it will open doors that no man can shut, that it will take you to places that you cannot get on your own. I'm going to give you a favor, but I'm going to give you something that you're going to need. It's called mercy. So every time the baggage tries to get invaded by the old stuff, mercy steps up and says no. Mercy steps in and says no. Mercy rises up and says, not today, devil. Not on my watch. I am brand new every morning. Not in this house. Not in this family. Mercy is the answer of Christ to the judgment of your life. I know it was, but mercy has triumphed. I know they did, but mercy has prevailed. I know it was, but mercy has covered. And he said, there's mercy in your bag. And then he says, I'm going to seal it by my spirit. And I'm going to close it. And I'm going to guard it. And I'm going to work in you. Come on, jump to your feet, everybody. I feel the anointing in this room today. I feel the presence of God in this room. I feel a spirit of Pentecost today. said, if you will allow me to release all of this for everything I release in you, I give it back in greater measure. Because if you try to carry this stuff through life, my spirit will never be able to work. 
I can't filter through insecurities. I can't filter through broken places. I can't filter through paradigm and perspectives of past relationships. I need to start. I need to reset, if you will, your thinking. And he comes in and he begins to work. I love what happens in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says, Paul and Silas, they're doing a good work. You have to really start reading at the beginning of that chapter to find out the fullness of the story. The Bible said they were in a region ministering and great things were happening, miracles. People were being filled with the Spirit of God. And this is what the Bible said. There was a young girl that had strongholds of the enemy in her life. And she followed Paul around. And everything he did good, she tried to flip around. Paul got tired of it. So he just cast the devil out of her. That's what the Bible says. Read it. The Bible said the devil and the demons begin to flee. The man that controlled her, that sold her for money. Read your Bible. The Bible said he became angry. And he went to the magistrate and told them about Paul and Silas disturbing the peace. The Bible said they took Paul and Silas, they beat them, threw them in an inner dungeon. But I love what your Bible says. It said, being full of the Spirit at the midnight hour. Anytime you hear midnight denoted in the Word of God, it's not just talking about an hour of the day, but the darkest moment of the circumstance. They were in the darkest moment. They had been beaten. They were thrown in a prison. They were surrounded by common thieves and prisoners. And the Bible said at midnight, being full of the Spirit. Doing a good thing, but now in a bad place. The Bible said they begin to pray. And they begin to sing. They begin to pray. And they begin to sing. Because what was in them began to come out of them. What was in them began to release. And the Bible said something began to happen as the atmosphere of that jail began to shift. The Bible said the ground began to shake. Now what you have to watch and understand is this. You stay standing. I'm going to sit down for just a minute. The Bible said they had Roman stocks. What that means is their hands were locked to their feet. The Bible said they were in a jail cell and the door was closed. They started out with just a word of worship and prayer. But as God began to move, the jail began to shake, and the Bible said shackles began to fall off. The more they prayed, the circumstances around them began to change. The more they worshiped, I don't know what they were singing. Anytime you find in the New Testament, most of the songs of worship were relegated and connected to the Old Testament. Maybe they were singing, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Maybe they were singing about the secret place where the one that has the ability to shadow you and cover you will work in your life. Maybe they were singing as David did. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are right here with me. You are going to anoint our heads so we don't do the wrong thing at the wrong time, but we think the right way. Goodness and mercy surely are here. And the Bible said the jail began to shake and the shackles began to fall off. All of a sudden, one hand went up. Then the other hand went up. Then one foot became free. And then the other foot became free. 
Their worship begin to move to new levels. Doors begin to open. Prisoners begin to listen. The jailer ran in and he drew his sword out, the Bible said, to kill himself because he understood what would happen if they lost a prisoner on their watch. They would be killed and their family would be shamed. But Paul said, hey, don't leave. Don't, 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 don't kill yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Come on in. We're just having church. See, what you have to understand, God puts enough in you that eventually you realize that I've been placed in this circumstance for a purpose. It's bigger than me. It's greater than me. And if I'm full of all this stuff, I will never see the purpose of God. But he said, lay aside every weight that is in your life and every sin that is in your life so you can run your race. You can run it with perseverance. You can run it with a right mind. You can run it knowing that God is working in you and God is working for you. He said, don't hurt yourself. Come on in. We're just having sure. The Bible said the jailer looked around. He said, tell me, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to believe like you believe? You're talking about a belief system that allows you to sing at the midnight hour. You're talking about a belief system that allows you to pray when you have been beaten and locked down. You're talking about a belief system to trust God when everything around you is contrary to what you see. I want you to know the Bible says at the same hour of the night, he was saved, he was baptized, and then I love what happens. The Bible said he began to mend the stripes that were on Paul's back. What you have to understand was this. He was the one that put the stripes on his back. There comes a place as you are filled and led by the Spirit where you just allow God to fight your battles and the things that try to destroy you in the last season begin to elevate you in the next season. The things that used to try to push you down now begin to lift you up. The things that used to drive you crazy now they're the weapon of your arsenal because you look back and say the enemy tried to destroy me but God had a plan. The enemy tried to take me out but God had a plan. The enemy tried to destroy my purpose but God had a plan and then I love what happens the Bible said he moves Paul and Silas from the jailhouse to his house I can just see the Bible said he fixes them dinner the warden is now serving them food maybe just under his breath Paul just keeps worshiping says he prepareth a table in the presence of my enemies the Lord is my shepherd He prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It matters what's in the back. Because the Holy Spirit wants to fill vessels that have been emptied. It wasn't just a one-time filling. They were filled in Acts chapter 2. They were filled again in Acts chapter 4. They were filled again in Acts chapter 5. They were filled again in Acts chapter 9. They were filled again in Acts chapter 14 and in Acts chapter 16 and all through the New Testament. They were filled over and over and over again. Why were they refilled with God's Spirit? Because life has the ability to drain you. The journey and people have the ability to drain you may think you're the energizer bunny and you're just going to keep going but somewhere you need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you fresh and clean out why because all of this stuff likes to creep back in every time you move to another level these things try to go with you 
Every time you move into a new relationship, these things try to jump in the baggage of your life. Every time you move to a new season, these things think they're going, and they try to jump in the car. But somewhere you've got to say, no, 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 no. I'm being refilled with the Spirit of God. And these things are staying in the last season. They will not affect the new relationship. They will not intimidate the new season. They will not cause uh, my future to be dysfunctional. These men had issues like me, like you. But what you have to understand is the power of God's Spirit. He says, if you allow me, I will lead you. They're going to lead us in worship. We're going to do this quickly today. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to let some stuff go. We're going to finish this series next week. And I believe some of you are going to walk out of these few weeks of teaching and say, Pastor, there's some things I left at the altar. But just maybe you need an upper room experience. Because what's happened, some of you have tried to empty yourself with all of this. But without the refilling of God's spirit to replace it, this stuff will jump back in. But when you fill it with God's presence, there's no room for it. Fear has no place when faith is rising. Unforgiveness has no place when you understand you have been forgiven. And I just want to, if you would take a step of faith, come make this an upper room today. I want you to come and just lift your hands and say, I'm stepping into an upper room. I'm moving to a new level. I'm waving goodbye to a room of fear and a place of isolation. And I'm stepping into God's best for my life. He said, from this moment forward, I'm not going to let what destroyed your granddaddy destroy you. I'm not going to let the baggage of generations gone by destroy you. I'm not going to let the same stuff that destroyed. Matter of fact, today, I'm going to give you everything that your grandfather lost, everything that your father lost. I'm about to restore everything the enemy took. I'm about to give it back and get up. From this day forward, you're going to eat at my table. From this this day forward, blessing is about to overtake you. From this day forward, favor will give you access to the kingdom. I've got a good word. Don't hide in your baggage when you're destined to be a king. There is some of you in this house, there's an anointing on your life, but you're hiding in the baggage. There's a calling on your life, but you're hiding in the baggage. There's favor on your life, but you're hiding in the baggage. But I've got a good word. Somebody's about to come out of the baggage and grab hold of the promise and declare the word of the Lord. You're getting ready to rise up and enter in. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc and you can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.